0: hello everybody welcome to another episode of lead singer syndrome i am your host once again as always Shane Told, and this week, y'all are in for a treat. This is one of my favorite episodes ever. I just went back and listened to it again. It was so much fun recording it, but listening back was even more fun. And this week, it's Lead Singer Syndrome history. This is the first ever live episode of the show, live from Centerfest 2.0. In Norfolk, Virginia, that's right. Just last weekend, me, myself, Steve from Punchline, and 40 other people were down there all hanging out. People came from all over the world. I've told you this group is special, but this is beyond anything I ever thought when I started this club. What has it been? Just over two years ago. Blows my mind, but man, we had a blast. I want to thank everybody that was in attendance for this live taping. And I especially have to give a huge shout out to Steve from Punchline for being just the best dude, just embracing this so hard. And uh, I know you're listening, Steve. I just loved every minute of this. So thank you so much. Before we get into this, and believe me, I want to keep this intro very short. I do want to remind you, you can always get in touch with me. I think I forgot to say this last week, but you can email me, Lead Singer Syndrome at gmail.com. I'm on all the social media. Feel free to hit me up with suggestions for future guests of the show. Really, Really anything, you know? Just hit me up. I love getting emails. I try to respond to everybody. Sometimes I'm a little bad at that. Lately, I've been a little bad at that. But I do try and I do read every single message and email I get. So please hit me up. Also, if you want to help the show... I mean, this is the episode where you're going to find out what it's all about. But look in to the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. If you're a big fan of the show, if you've listened to a bunch of them, if you want more content, check it out. If you want to be a part of an amazing group that we have here, we meet up all over the world for things like Cinderfest, for live podcasts. We have a great Facebook group. We talk about all sorts of things. It's the only place to get Lead Singer Cinder merchandise and it is, of course, what helps keep this show happening. I'm doing this thing myself. I can use all the help that I can get. So the link is leadsingersyndrome.com slash access For as little as $6 a month, it gets you in. And yes, if you do like the show, consider becoming a sinner. I also want to give a big shout out to my nephew, Liam, today, Tuesday, April 30th. Liam is 5,000 days old. So congratulations, Liam, on that milestone. More on that in a bit. It will all make sense. Anyway, without further ado, here is my conversation with Steve from Punchline at Centerfest 2.0 in Norfolk, Virginia. We're here at Centerfest live with Steve of Punchline. Steve, thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank
0: you for doing this. This is the first ever live podcast I've ever done. Really? Yeah. This is it. And we have all of these people are my sinners, my super sinners that pledge every. Make some noise. That pledge every single month to keep this show going and growing, help keep the lights on. Around here, the lights currently off, but that's okay. So we're here live in um, Norfolk, Virginia, and I love that this worked out so well because you're playing
1: tonight just down the road. It seems very fortuitous that you're here and and I'm here.
0: That's a big word. I don't know what that even, what that means. <laughs> very gratuitous. Yes. Fortuitous. I know,
1: I
2: know. fortuitous. No, I, absolutely. Good it, fortune.
0: It, it, it's amazing. It worked. It worked out so well. Um, and there's a couple people here that are you know fans have seen you on this tour. Uh, so far with less than Jake, yeah. nice. which there she I is. just
1: met all 35 or so of you and have a little bit of each of your hand on my hand. There you go. That's not weird at all. Uh, well, how's the tour going so far? The tour has been very good. Very good. We have two shows left Oh, and, uh, wow. we grew up on less than Jake. So being on tour with them, we're total fanboys and we're not, we're not shy about it. We cover we covered one of their songs yeah. and released it uh, the week that the tour started and we've been having some great times times with them and
0: now did they know you were going to do that or was that kind of a surprise We're here we're on tour we're fanboys here's a cover
1: Yeah it was a surprise We thought we would surprise them and just 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 go for it But it was well received You know Yeah uh, Sometimes you cover band songs and you send it to them and it's it's only mildly received. I remember we covered a a Get Up Kid song. Oh, yeah. I'll catch you, right? uh, Or, no, you covered that solo, right? And Punchline covered Holiday, but we did kind of a ska, reggae version of it. And I sent it to Matt Pryor, and his response was, and he's cool. I I love him. We're we're buds. And his response was, well, you covered it. He's got a bit of that vibe, though. He was he was
0: a guest of the show one time, and I think I was super nervous for that one because without the Get Up Kids, there's no Silverstein, you know. Dude. So having him on, and it was like, I'd say things like I talk about, I don't know, like emo, and he'd be like, "We don't give a shit about emo." It's like, all right, well, next question, uh, you know. So he's got one of those personalities, but I don't know. I-, I think covering a band's song and showing it to them, there's no way you can do that without being scared terrified
1: of it yeah my fingers were crossed they yeah. were crossed very very tightly so
0: who played well i mean you guys have a, ska, a kind of a ska background your music has evolved quite far away from ska there's not a lot of for upstrokes sure. these days so when you went back to do that song you picked one with horns first of all because not all Well, i guess every lesson jake song has horns pretty yeah. much but uh how, how did who played the horns for the for the track
1: we didn't do horns we thought that we would Keep it to our. Oh, there's no horns in the song. I thought I heard them. No, we did the horns with just lead guitar. Oh, it's it's just yeah, guitar. Trevor, oh, I didn't our even know player, it's. It, he, it was he cool. He figured out all the horn parts and arranged the guitars to emulate the horns, and he did a fantastic job, Trevor. If you're out there listening, I love you, man. That's crazy. I guess because now people just listen to music on your phone. Yeah. Which is terrible, by the
0: way. Like people go to all this trouble to record a record, make it perfect, and then people are listening like this. On their fuck like holding the phone up to
1: their ear, it's ridiculous. I feel like I've been in social situations recently where you're outside of a club and people are like, "Yo, listen to this song," and they're holding the phone up to your ear. <laughs> yeah. And it's bad enough when you're subjecting yourself to it, but man, be- being put on blast, you know. I-, I want somebody to come up to me with a really nice pair of you know studio monitor <laughs> headphones. Yes. that's how you do it. That's right. You know,
0: <laughs> that's right. That's like the you know those bands that used to travel on Warp Tour. Yeah, and like forcing headphones on on yeah. the head of
1: somebody. Oh, I I used to, I did that a lot. Did that a whole lot. You guys?
0: Did you guys? do Were you guys one of those Warped tour bands um, walking around the lines sure. and stuff? For sure. We made CDs? so many
1: fans doing that. Yeah, met, met so many people for yeah. sure. I think the funniest
0: story to go back was uh, this is like 2005. We were playing with Hawthorne Heights. We played at the Las Vegas House of Blues, like in the Mandalay Bay. So I got up kind of late. Walked backstage, and it's Vegas, right? Walked backstage, and there's some weird kid in there, like kind of spinning around in the chair. and I don't know who he is. And he's like, You got to hear my band. We're awesome. I'm like, what, what, what's this guy doing in here? Takes headphones, puts them, put them on my head. I'm like, What is going on? I'm like, well, this is actually pretty good. It was Ronnie Radke from Escape <laughs> the Fate. Oh, wow. Before they were, like, he was just a local, you know, kid in a local band in Las Vegas that somehow snuck in. To play bands, his music,
1: which is pretty sick. Do you think that you have a sense for? So there's been some people I've met on this tour, or you know, in the last year, younger people in bands or in some realm of the music industry, and you can just tell this guy is gonna be this guy or this girl is gonna be doing this forever. You know, like I guaranteed this guy is gonna be around. In I 10 years.
0: was like, this kid is crazy. That's all I thought. <laughs> like to be honest, I mean, he was. He was just, he was, like, kind of, like, just really fidgeting around, and I was like, this guy's a weirdo. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I kind of forgot all about it, but he kept saying the name of the band. Like, escape the fate, escape, we're gonna yeah. be huge, escape the fate. And then, what I thought was even funnier, follow-up, they did, like, Warp Tour maybe a year or two after that, and they were on, like, the Ernie Ball stage, and he came on stage and was like, yeah, I know we're playing the, like, piece of shit small stage this year, but next year we're gonna be on main stage. And he was right, they were.
1: Bull. Yeah. <laughs> bold. <laughs> very, 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 very bold. Speaking of headphones, you know, being subjected to the headphones thing, I miss listening to music and pe- music with people in cars. You know, like, hey, come to my car. I want to show you this new yeah. song. Like we just, you know, we just finished our record. Come check yeah. out a track in my car. I feel like I have so many good memories of doing the uh, the car sit and listening. I
0: still, well, I mean, I always listen to music in my car, but I still do that. If I'm making a demo or mixing something or we get a mix, I always go out to the, oh, car, the car and car listen test. to it the car test. Yeah, it's yeah. the only test as far as I'm concerned.
1: You know? I failed a lot of car tests.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So um first time on the show, it's so good to have you, this very historic Live event? What's that? A cheat sheet
1: there? Oh, I just made some notes. Just sometimes I I black out and then don't say <laughs> the name of my band or myself or where we're from or any background. I love that you did that. <laughs> I mean, I do a lot of these over the phone. Maybe people do that, but I've never seen anyone yeah. whip out a card. Yeah. So the first note on here is the number thirteen thousand nine hundred and forty-five. Do you know the significance of that number? There's no thirty-sevens no in there, so I'm not sure. There isn't. Um, that is the number of days old that you are. Shane. That I am. Yeah. yeah. As of today. Yeah. I woke up this morning and I thought, what can I talk to Shane about? <laughs> and that was the first thing that I could come up with is I'm going to tell him how many days old he is. Thirteen. So, yeah. so
0: 13,945. Yeah. So you're going to be. I've
1: been drunk at least 10,000 of those. Yeah. <laughs> so as you all are realizing at this moment, you'll be turning 14,000 on June 14th. June fourteenth, okay. Yeah, I set a reminder in my phone to remind <laughs> you.
0: And okay, so is this like an excuse to celebrate more
1: birthdays or something? Like my, it's my thousandth day. I think it's a big deal. Birth. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I thought about it. I started thinking about it a couple years ago, and I realized that I had surpassed my ten thousandth day, and I was like, my ten thousandth day on Earth. I was probably just. At Target or something. Yeah, and I wish I could have known. You know, so is anyone here under 27 and 100 or so days? So you've, you're not yet 10,000. So you should figure out. I'm make plans now. You should. You should. <laughs> I can set a reminder in my phone for you. I believe. I believe with my plan, I can do unlimited. That's reminder. Yeah, that's Brian. That's Brian, not to be
0: confused with Brian over there. <laughs> nice clueless Brian (laughs) okay okay so well what other information do you have anything else there to to share about
1: me that you've Uh, found out this morning so that was the only one about you besides our mutual friends yes yes so I would like to give Jason Link double j hell yeah shout out because he connected us the other week and I love him and Jason if you're listening Thank you for being. Yeah, a friend. and he,
0: I think he, we're gonna have Jason on a bonus oh, episode. Oh, awesome! Uh, for For the people here, cool. Uh, he he's an interesting one because he used to work for Victory Records as the art guy for about ten mm-hmm. years. So he, you know, the Bayside um, album cover where they're like he, the guys like looking off the the building. Does anyone know that one? Yeah. That's him, actually. That's yeah. him. So he did. He designed the artwork. He did the bird. It, he did the bird. He did the Bayside bird. There's probably a tattoo of it somewhere. Can in I drop?
1: There <laughs> nice. you go. There you go. I feel like I almost dropped this mic. There you go. Like, so he shout did out the to he, bird. and he's with Mike Epitaph. Dropped.
0: He works over at Epitaph now. Uh, great dude. Got kick, got kicked out of our show in LA once for being too drunk. Uh, so he's a great dude. He's a
1: great dude. So yeah, shout out to Double J. I'll throw him under the bus here. We have the he left me a voicemail in 2008 after he had listened to one of our records. We came out with a record called Just Say Yes and i sent it to him and he called me a couple weeks later with uh and left me this like 5 minute long drunk voicemail <laughs> about how the link i sent him expired and he felt so bad and he, so he didn't get to listen to it until the record actually came out and he's just telling all these stories and he said at one point he's like i don't know man i just remember meeting you guys i think you were all on roller skates and and i was like i, I don't remember us all being on roller skates but so, I have this voice memo, or I have this voicemail saved somewhere in MP3 form, and I always mess with him and say that when we re-release that album, that that's going to be the the bonus track. Always. Oh, yeah.
0: I love that. I love those the old school. Yeah, like, all oh, those bands used to do that. What happened to that, man? I guess that because the, I hate to say it, but, like, the CD is dead. Yeah. So, no one actually listens to the CD. So, having the, like, you know, where you have to wait, like, 8, 10, 12
1: minutes, and then there's something at the end of the track. Yeah.
0: I guess people just don't do that anymore.
1: It'd be fun to hide things on Spotify. You know, just put it under a different name or something. Oh, yeah.
0: That's a good idea. Yeah,
1: we're taking ideas. That's a great idea, though. Yeah. 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 I want to do a song. So, you know, songs are are typically the same tempo throughout and Mm -hmm. typically the same key in the style of music that that we do. I want to do a song where there's alternate bridges, for it so okay so you know bridge a it's 140 bpms as is bridge b and bridge c they're all 32 bars and then make it so that people can you know open up garage band or whatever and drop in a different right bridge. like a choose your own adventure yeah of
0: music yeah exactly yeah. like i like that are you uh, are you more into the heavy stuff well we got the this is a breakdown in this yeah. song or are you more into the poppy stuff we've got the super nice mellow yeah i love a good bridge that yeah yeah well, yeah, you you know it's I was there. I think that might be in my notes. You write great bridges in your band. Thank you. You know who else? Write, you know, Less Than Jake writes great. Also writes great bridges. Oh, yeah. Is that a focus of a song? Because so many times I feel like songwriters, they really focus on like a intro verse chorus, repeat it again, and then it's like, all right, how. Like, how do we get back to that chorus again? And so many of the times, it's just like recycling a pre-chorus idea yeah. or reintro. And it's like, how can we do that? But I feel like it, you guys take a real conscious approach of how to make a bridge really have an
1: impact. I think our typical approach is, you know, really use your imagination to take the song somewhere, yeah, crazy over this bridge, and. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> And bring delayed response and bring it back. Uh, So, yeah, I don't like the. Sometimes people are like, yeah, man, we got this verse and chorus. We'll just come up with a bridge. I'm like, who are you, man?
0: Or put in like an instrumental solo. Yeah.
1: I mean, there's some great songs like Smells Like Teen
0: Spirit. Does that have a bridge? I don't. Isn't it just the solo? I'm trying to think of like other memorable songs that don't have bridges. There's probably tons of them. Yeah. I don't know
1: we're going to have to make a whole podcast. Occasionally about
0: though, I will say though you you you'll write a song and you know, a lot of times like let's say you're in like we're going to get a little musical here, but like let's say you're just in like the key of G, you know, G G chord. Love G. Uh love G. Great. Great G, great chord. Let's give it up to G. Major. Great note. Yeah, G. <laughs> Woo! G baby. Uh G string, not a huge fan. No, I'm not talking like that. It just it always goes out of tune. I know what you mean. I know what you. Mean. Uh but you know, let's say you're in the key Grow in the, up. <laughs> let's say you're in the key of G though, and like you're you're writing this kind of like more of a happy song, and then you don't want the bridge to be in G. So then you put the bridge in like E minor. Yeah. And it's like it just changes the whole tone of the song and kind of ruins it. You know what I mean? There's, there needs to be some finesse, otherwise the bridge can be I don't can spell trouble for the song.
1: For sure. Yeah, I like trying to keep you know, somewhat of a consistent mood. Right for the song, yeah. so it's like you want exactly. the bridge to go somewhere different, but not too different.
0: I don't know, man. Exactly, I don't know either. So uh, clearly, you're a huge nerd. Uh, <laughs> this number thing, and I want to get all into this thirty-seven stuff because I've got so many questions. For sure. But before I, we do that, I just so I want to talk about your early life. Have you always been a huge nerd? Um, uh, I think I think so. So where does this stem from? You're from Pittsburgh. Yes. What was it like, you know, in the beginning for you uh, growing up? going to school, you know, when did music kind of become a part of your life and all yeah, that stuff? Yeah,
1: I, I grew up outside of Pittsburgh in a town called Bell Vernon, beautiful little town. You should all come Do we have anyone from sometime. Pittsburgh here? Nobody? We have some people from Pennsylvania though, right? Nice, nice. I had a beautiful day off in Philly the other day. Loved it, loved it. There you go. But there yeah, I grew go. up outside of Pittsburgh in this town, Bell Vernon, and I think I was about... Five or six are my earliest memories of listening to the radio and hearing Bruce Springsteen and Bon Jovi and Def Leppard and I mean I just loved it from from the jump, walking around the house with a, a stereo on my shoulder, like the cover of the Bruce Springsteen album. And I feel like <laughs> looking back now, like I feel like I knew from like age from like seven. I'm like, I'm I'm doing this. Really? Yeah. And I wanted a guitar. And I asked my parents for a guitar for my seventh birthday, and they got me a toy guitar. And I was like, "This is not a real guitar." I was like, "The amp lights up when you strum the strings. This is this is a <laughs> this is a light. This isn't a an instrument, right?" <laughs> and I was scarred for seven years. And I got my first guitar at fourteen. Wow, it's quite a long uh, yeah, period was, of
0: time. That's a little later than a lot yeah, of the guys. So I
1: got my dark period out of the way from seven to fourteen, the musicless time. And uh, so 1994 is when mm-hmm. I a picked of, up the guitar. What a year
0: for music, by the way.
1: Weezer, Blue Album, yep. Green Day, Dookie, um, uh, sold. You know what I mean? And Punchline's actually doing, we're releasing uh, a covers EP called Songs from 94. And it's covers of songs from 1994. We've that's So far we idea. put out uh, our cover of Jim Blossoms, found out about Yes, me. that's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. We were just on the road with them. And oh really? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. We got we played it, and Robin would come out and and, and sing it with us. Very and cool. Super sweet. So, 1994 was a big year. Started playing guitar, and then I met Chris Punchlines, bass player, and. Ninety six, and we started playing music right, right then and there. Awesome. Punchline so started in ninety seven.
0: Still here, yeah. yeah. Um, so when you were going to school, you and Chris went to high school together. Yes. Then, so what, we, what kind of kid were you like in high school? Were you, uh, were you like, you know, it's it's a hard age, right, to totally. navigate? Yeah, what you're, you what you are, what you're going to be. Like, were you? more of a popular kind of kid? Were you into sports? Were you just into music to kind of keep your head down?
1: Uh, like you said, I think I was kind of a nerd and, <laughs> but I had uh an older brother and his, his friends were in bands. So when I was a freshman, they were all seniors and they needed a guitar player. So I was kind of like pulled into their crew and goddamn, did I feel cool. So right. I, I lucked out and I got pulled into this band and all of a sudden we're Learning No Effect songs and Rancid songs and Operation Ivy songs, and I was like, I, I'm home. This is this is where I should be. This is this is good. Okay, so that
0: was that kind of how you discovered punk rock then? Yeah, was it through that, those older kids? Yeah,
1: for sure through Chris and his friends yeah. and my brothers, my brothers' friends. Yeah.
0: So the Def Leppard records got a little dusty and you, yeah. I and mean, you...
1: that's just the first stuff I remember. Right, right, hearing. right, right. You know? I know? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, awesome man.
1: Yeah, but we. Uh, we, we started playing and write, writing songs and I I sang some songs because, you know, it's like you start a band with your friends and you're like, who's going to sing? And it's usually yeah. like, well, someone's got to do it, you know? It's, yeah, you look around, it's funny because that's such
0: a common theme on the show is how lead singers, no lead singers really start out, I'm going to be a lead singer. They start out guitar players, they start out drummers. yeah But then there's always that moment where you kind of just it's like, well... Who can carry, the tune, carry a tune
1: remotely in the room? Yeah. And
0: inevitably that ends up being the singer. And they're terrible at first. And then over the years they get better. Yeah. And that's it's, that's it's my neat. story. The
1: group, that we, the group that we had, it was more like, hey, we're the people in the band, which is great because we're, we're good people together. So like, right. we'll figure out the instrument stuff after <laughs> the fact. Because we know we got the people part right. Totally. Well, that always happens too because everyone starts out
0: with a guitar. There's very few people, maybe some very unfortunate people that start out and their parents get them like a bass or something. But it's true. At some point, someone's like, okay, well, someone needs to play bass. Yeah. So who's going to make the sacrifice to give up the guitar and go get a bass? Yeah, right? right. It always happens. Every band, it's the same
1: thing. Do you remember the first song you
0: wrote? Yeah, yeah I do remember the first yeah. song I wrote. How is it? Uh, it's called, it was called Nothing's Left. Uh, I actually remember how to play it too nice i i, remember I might mine. play it for the people here uh later on i can't i cannot put it on this podcast though
1: <laughs> it it's terrible but i remember i remember it yeah I, I love asking people that people typically uh light up and you know i feel like a lot of people do remember the first song and did you did you like it how, um, do you still like it you know what i i it's i said it was terrible it 's not
0: that bad yeah like uh it it makes sense at least. You know, it's got like a intro that becomes a verse and then there's a chorus that's actually, you know, the classic, you know, E minor C, G, D progression. So it's, it's, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. And there's structure to it and there's a little guitar solo. You know, I think what's funniest about it was, you know, I'm a kid. My parents have bought me all this stuff so I can play like a guitar and an amp and I'm taking guitar lessons. And then my first song is like, called Nothing's Left, like, I'm all, like, this depressed, like, kid, like, just trying to sound cool, like, I won't, you know, I was fine, you know, you know, I was like, shit, how old would I have been? 12, maybe?
1: Yeah. When I wrote that song? That's a tough time.
0: Yeah, I, I, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think it's easier to be 12 than 38, but...
1: Yeah, I mean, when I was, I feel like 14, 15 was the hardest time for me. Yeah. Before finding music. I feel like after I found music anytime things got hard i would at least have a pretty solid distraction
0: so what was uh your first song you wrote then
1: uh my first song was called well anyways and my friends always make fun of me that it, so the the lyrics so well like, anyways yeah i was like well anyway, why did you go away and leave me here to stay for all eternity? Na, da, na, 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 na. And my friends are always like, how could you rhyme anyways with eternity? Like eternity? <laughs> anyway, I'm like it works. Eternity, man.
0: eternity. I think it works fine. I think it totally works fine. Well, I got to sing now mine now. My my uh my course was um um Nothing's left for me to be, nothing's left for me to see. No one seems to care for me, no one seems to care about me.
1: (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yours is much better than mine. (laughs) But that's, that's how it went, yes. Hey, there's something that I wanted to ask you about because this was something that we talked about in our van on this tour, and then I saw that you guys did this. You went back and re-recorded songs yeah. from your earlier albums. Yeah, That's we did. so cool. How did, it, how did it go?
0: I mean, people like it, right? Yeah. Why, why did you do it? Okay. Uh, well, a couple of reasons, and I'm going to be completely honest. Um, the first record especially is pretty poorly recorded. Uh, we didn't know what we were doing we didn't have a lot of money um, and it's just a weird recording. It just sounds strange my my voice sounds weird, and everything about it is just not good so we it'd been 15 year anniversary and we did a tour where we played the entire album. so when you start preparing the songs to be played and you're listening to them, I was like, I just wish this was just better yeah so then i thought I thought I was just thinking like why don't bands do that? I love it. No one does it. I don't know why. We went to the studio. We already know the songs. So we, we just went in and we we try to do it really faithfully, like same tempos. We use the same tunings. We didn't tune anything lower. Um, and I, one thing I was really a stickler about specifically was drum fills uh-huh. because I hate when you see a band live and the drummer decides to change that fill to something that's like in his mind better live, yeah, yeah. but it's not better. He thinks it's better because he's old, like sick of playing the old one. Yeah, right? so uh, I was a stickler for that. So the drum fills are the same, and the pretty much like all the vocal melodies and stuff are all the same, and it's the same tempos. And uh yeah, it, so it came what, out really, what did really you well.
1: allow yourselves to change? Just like guitar arrangements, tones, and layering, like
0: just better, better tones. Like some of the stuff. It's, it was just hard, even hard to make out what was going on when I'm listening back. Like, what was that lead trying to figure it out? Cause yeah. it's buried or the tone is so strange. So we, yeah, we pretty much just changed the the tones. Uh, it was tempting to add like extra backup vocals. Mm-hmm. Didn't do it. Nice. We did all the same. So I think that that was the key because we want people to listen to the new versions, not the old ones. I mean, the old ones are, they're always going to be there, but but I think that that's the key, is we, we really wanted people to be like, all right, I'm, I'm going to check out this band yeah. for the first time. Cause it still happens. Just like people are discovering Punchline every day. Even these people today, some of them never heard of your band before. It's so
1: scary to think that someone's going to search for us and find something from the year 2000 and write us, write us off. Yeah. You know? I, Absolutely. I, I feel you, brother. Yes, like Smashing to Pieces, our yeah. you know, first song, like, we had to
0: redo it. Yeah. It's terrible recording. So how did so, it go over with,
1: yeah. with the fans?
0: absolutely great nice everyone is so on board cool. no i didn't hear a single uh complaint I
1: like the old one better
0: no the only complaint <laughs> like not really actually you know <laughs> any co- does anyone have any comments on the Re- silverstein redux anybody nobody i get a thumbs up
1: we uh we've toured a bunch and i'm sure you have with with i am the avalanche yeah and their, their first record you know i got to know their songs live and then listen to their record which by that point had been out a couple years and the songs were much slower. So there were a couple of their songs that I, I loaded into a recording session and I sped them up. Just for <laughs> my own listening listening <laughs> pleasure. It just,
0: How do you even do that? You speed up a song without without flex changing flex the, time. <laughs> <laughs> you are a nerd, dude. That's amazing. Oh my goodness. So um so you you got the band going in high school with Chris. Um, you've decided at seven years old that this is what you're going to do. Yeah. So I know that you tried to do the traditional thing that bands did back in the late 90s, which was you make a demo tape. Yep. You put it in the mail with maybe a photo of yourself or yep. whatever. So you did that and you sent it out and nothing happened.
1: We sent it out and that was, we were a, a three piece and we started sending out some some demo tapes in our first two c d s and you know we got we got some we have some good rejection letters, oh and yeah, that's cool, you, Yeah, yeah, you like, keep them yeah, Chris has them for cool. sure, for sure, but there are notable labels uh like- drive through lobster um <laughs> and I think there were some I think there were some others, but there came a point where we said, you know what, let's just work hard. And do our thing and let's wait for somebody to come to us. And that's how we'll And know, they did. That's how we'll know we're doing something right. And I remember like telling my band that and in my head I'm thinking like, I hope this works. You're like, I'm just <laughs> bullshitting everybody, <laughs> yeah. but whatever. But then then uh we were we were on tour with a band called Unsung Zeros and we played in Gainesville, Florida, and this was two thousand two and Fueled by Ramen came out to see us. And then a couple of days later, we got, got a phone call, and th- you know, by this point, we were we were doing full U.S. tours ourselves in DIY, you know, regional tours, yeah. and you know, meeting all sorts of bands. And
0: that must have been hard to set up, though, back in those days where even the internet was still pretty primitive. Like you know, people were emailing, but there was no social media. Yeah, there, you know. Yeah, I mean, I it must I, be hard
1: I, even to, to remember what it's. But all it's happened. it's interesting because you see how much of it was personal relationships. And how right. much stuff got done then, because of just who you know, and it 's still the same now, even though you can you know email anybody you want out there you're still i feel still feel like those personal relationships are the underlying network between yeah. between yeah. everything
0: no totally i mean and i 'm sure in those early days of touring as an indie band that 's like when you met like Bayside for example, yeah, and are yeah. still a band that you have you 're very aligned with for sure Do a lot of stuff with them. Anthony sang on your new record. Think, didn't jack play play something on your jack i feel like jack is played on
1: almost every album
0: right right right. Albums. exactly so you know and i so i absolutely agree um you also had matt teeson from reliant k yeah that's yeah. kind of a big get
1: yeah he uh well i so i'm from pittsburgh and matt came through pittsburgh with reliant k many times over the years and one time he told me he said you should move to nashville and I said, oh, oh, really? He's like, yeah, man, Nashville's where it's at. He's like, me and all my buddies are down there writing songs. And then a couple months later, I called him. I'm like, yo, okay, I moved to Nashville. I'm here. <laughs> he was like, damn, I guess I, I better take you under my wing here and uh, live up to my, my part of the bargain. So we were we were buds and, you know, wrote some songs, and he would uh, hang out at my studio yeah. there, and it was cool. One time, funny, funny Matt story is he... I was going to, on vacation or on tour or something and I told him I was like, Hey, I'm gonna leave you a key so you can come here and record or or hang out and I got I got back and he had recorded a whole album of demos for his uh Matt Thiessen and the Earthquakes album. Okay. Yeah. And so I have like all the demo all the sessions <laughs> are on are on my computer and it's it's pretty wild. cool. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty wild.
0: wild. So so you became that's something a narrative I want to talk about, how you moved to Nashville and now you're back yeah. in Pittsburgh. Uh how did this all start with you getting into the production side, recording side, audio engineering side? Was that something you were always into? Because it's difficult to kind of, you know, hone your skills when you're on the road so much.
1: Yeah. Uh you know, I think the whole the whole path of being in music and in a band, I feel like, you know, when we started, you got in, I got into songwriting and trying to figure out how to get those ideas out there and then we needed shows so it's like you take on learning how to book yourselves yeah and then you have to learn how to do design so you can make the t shirts so you can afford to do the things and make make the recordings and there came a point where you know we would go and record with producers who i loved and learned so much from but then you realize like we just don't have this money to keep going into the studio and into the studio. is like, I feel like if I could figure out how to do this, I can, <laughs> you know, uh, process my ideas more. So that's kind of, right. that's kind of how like it got into recording and interesting. Had, had the creative
0: some, side and the financial side. Yeah, I, you know, yeah. it's not something you'd, you'd think, but it's kind of obvious. Yeah, yeah. And had
1: some friends who really inspired me to get into recording my buddy Harrison, who, um, we've done some stuff with and, yeah, got a, just kind of threw myself into that, and around the same time that I um, got, was getting into production, I fell into some opportunity where a, a buddy in L.A was putting together a library a music library of like background tracks for reality TV shows. You know how like you're watching TV. Literally every TV show, at most all times has music playing, even just like very quietly in the background. So I, I made songs like that where, you yeah. you're just making like this week we're making songs in the style of The Killers. <laughs> totally. Yeah.
0: I think I've always wanted to ask somebody that works in that field because some of that stuff you're hearing and, and I notice it most when it's like sports highlights. Yeah. Because it'll be like there will be a Rage Against the Machine riff. Yeah. That's verbatim except one note they'll change. Totally. Like that's what that's what people do. Uh, well, I don't, think it's th- talked about. They're like, all right, we need to make something that sounds like this. And then like, well, not, how about just this exactly? We're just going to like turn it backwards or something like,
1: yeah. you know, um, play I backwards. mean, I wouldn't set out, I never set out to, you know, and I don't, I, from talking to people, you know, sometimes you'll write something and it will be close. And sometimes people will want you to write something that's like as close as you can get it. Yeah. I've never been in that, been put in that position, which, which I'm glad, but. Speaking of our friend, our friend Lauren, yes, Lauren was, is a, our lawyer. Yeah, we share the same we share the same lawyer. <laughs> don't if you don't try to sue us, you guys, you guys will go down.
0: Well, now what happens if we have to sue each other over this? Like something happens here, Lauren slip on hear the way out, start sweating.
1: <laughs> but years ago, somebody sent us or tagged us in a in a tweet and said, "This Nickelodeon TV show." theme song has a part in it that is verbatim a uh, guitar riff from this punchline song Roller Coaster smoke and i i listened to it and it was the same name, same notes okay had yeah. that in it and you know not that i i didn't like see dollar signs i didn't think oh wow somebody is out there ripping us off but i'm really curious about that you know just yeah. like we're here talking about it but i i asked lauren about it and he said he said here's what's going to happen he said if you take this to them nickelodeon is going to have their their attorneys look back over music history and you better believe they're going to find this this pattern somewhere in previously recorded music whether it be really some, some classical piece from the 1800s or He said, unless there, he's like, you have to have, you know, okay, so that was the only case, the only element of the song that was similar. So without any other element, you can trace that back.
0: So it would have to have like a lyric or something over it that couldn't be duplicated. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah.
1: Something else that was very specifically similar. And I thought that was, I thought that was really neat. That is, that is really neat. Yeah. So if you want to look up, the theme song is Shimmer and Shine. And then the punchline song is Roller Coaster Smoke. You can decide for yourself.
0: Okay. I'll I'll play the clips at the end of this too. Cool.
1: Oh, nice. Uh, cool. Yeah, because I, I love
0: that stuff. Nice. I, I actually heard one time, and maybe it's because of what Lauren said, I heard that you can't copyright a guitar riff. Like just a riff on its own can't be, you know, like copyrighted. Like somebody could essentially rip off, you know, huh, a part or whatever, which I don't know if that's true. Like if you just, Started a record with the Enter Sandman riff. Like, yeah. I don't think that's going to fly. I don't know. But that's what I heard. The whole uh, thing's fascinating. Shout out to Alan Cross, who has a great podcast. Uh, he, that's
1: where I um,
0: heard that. So oh, nice. I feel like everything that guy says is true. Yeah. So it's probably true.
1: Are you really going to play those clips? Yeah. Cool. Hell if yeah. I can find the nice. Nickelodeon one, yeah, yeah.
0: I, I, uh, then I'll definitely play it. Cool.
1: The, the rollercoaster smoke punchline song. It's about the TV show Lost. Just just F1. oh, yeah, anybody any lost fans
0: my hands weigh the fuck up there were they I've were, watched it three times nice and every time it gets like I don't know if I hate myself
1: or yeah, the show more I like, know. You know is there someone out there I wonder who's re-edited it re-edited it without like taking out all the bullshit. Oh, yeah, you know editing it down to maybe ass season
0: <laughs> there's so much <laughs> there's so much bullshit. There's so many plot lines that go nowhere. Yeah. It's an emotional show, though. Are you a Game of Thrones fan?
1: I am. I you, am. You, you, are you caught up? Have you seen the? Yeah, I watched the first episode. What were your thoughts? I thought it was, I thought it was good. I mean, it's cool, cool setup. Seeing uh, seeing all the characters meet, like ooh, they've never been in a room together. You know, you've been waiting this <laughs> waiting this whole time. I like reunions, you know. Yeah, I absolutely I absolutely hated
0: the first episode. And I think uh, the episode back, and I think it's because so much of it was having to remind us of who all these people are and what happened you know and i think i'm just like yeah we know he's a eunuch do we have to do we have to bring this up again yeah you know uh so i i was like pretty like rolling my eyes through most of that episode but i'm still gonna watch it religiously and uh i'm still excited about it. tomorrow night tomorrow night yeah all right number two so yes no spoilers if you're in tech You've been there before, feeling the pain of hiring a freelancer or new employee for designer development only to find out months later that it's not a fit. And those types of mistakes aren't cheap. Instead, Mutual Mobile, a digital technology consultancy, uses the process it's developed over the past 10 years, delivering over 600 client projects to ensure your fast and beautiful mobile or web app is finished on time and within budget mutual mobile has built apps for numerous companies that have been acquired such as Eero, acquired by amazon flex drive acquired by lyft and map my fitness acquired by under armor you get a dedicated team to help you with your tech project from start to finish from ideation to product shipment to maintenance and everywhere in between Mutual Mobile designs and builds beautiful mobile and web apps that increase the value of your business. If you have design or development needs, schedule a free 30-minute consultation at mutualmobile.link L-S-S to get started. That's M-U-T-U-A-L M-O-B-I-L-E dot L-I-N-K slash L-S-S to get started with your free consultation today. I just got sent awesome new wireless earbuds from Raycon. I opened the box, opened up my phone, and literally in less than a minute, I was jamming out to my favorite tunes. What struck me right away was how well these fit, and then how amazing they sound. Definitely more bass than my other wireless headphones. But the biggest game changer is the price. The E25 earbuds they sent me start at half the price of other premium wireless earbuds on the market, have six hours of playtime, and really are super comfortable, whether it's music, conference calls, or binging this podcast. And there's no dangling wires or stems to distract other people if you're on a video call. The company was co-founded by Ray J and celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Mike Tyson, and Melissa Etheridge are just a few people obsessed with Raycons, whether you're working from home or working on your fitness, you want what you're listening to to be what you're listening to, not the other distractions from the room. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds, but before you drop hundreds of dollars on a pair, check out wireless earbuds from Raycon. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get fifteen percent off your order at buyraycon.com/slash. LSS. That's b u y r a y c o n dot com slash lss for fifteen percent off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buy Raycon dot com slash lss. Um, so let's talk about this thirty seven. While we're in still in the nerdy nerdy uh, mode. Yep. So for everybody here that doesn't know, um, Punchline has a record. I'd say one of your most popular records for sure. Uh, it's called Thirty Seven Everywhere. And basically, the premise of the record uh, or at least the title of the record is uh that if you start looking for the number thirty seven just you know in your everyday life looking around what time is it right now oh, it's four forty imagine it was four thirty seven <laughs> would shit my pants uh <laughs> but but no that that's the that's the premise of the record right right that's a pretty good explanation that's right so this is something that's been in your mind understanding uh for your whole life? yeah
1: so so At what point did it it was around happen? the time that me and chris met and I, I started seeing the number 37 everywhere and this was kind of before everyone had a everyone's, look, everyone's had, looking everyone in the room right phone. now but i would hear it you know And it seemed like every time i would be watching a tv show and they said some number that you know the script writer made up that it would be the number 37 and it would appear and in movies and in books and in TV shows, and every time I would look at the clock, it would be on the thirty seventh minute, and I was starting to freak myself out a little bit. And I told told a friend and told another friend, and Chris was like, "I, I see it too. Like it's so it's so bizarre. It's so strange." Did he, has it, he seen it before too, without you guys ever talking about it, or once you brought it up, he sort of started. Uh, I think it was once I brought it up, but it just yeah. became this thing within our within our friend group. And then when we were making the album, we wanted to give the album a name that meant something to our to our group, and thirty seven was like our was our thing. So we called it Thirty Seven Everywhere, and wanted to see if everyone else was seeing thirty sevens too. And to this day, I get tagged in people's Taco Bell receipts that have their order number thirty seven. Right, <laughs> I get tagged in all those photos. Right, except there's the same number of, like it's not like thirty seven can come
0: up any more than thirty six. In fact, thirty six. You might more you might Talk say that, ABC. but if you look for it, you will you will be surprised. Interesting. W- one of the creepiest things about this, and I'm sure you know, but I love this so much is the album reached number thirty seven on the Billboard Heatseekers chart. How about that? Which you can't make that happen. Accident like you can't. That has to just happen.
1: That was fueled by ramen's marketing genius. <laughs>
0: They, but they couldn't do yeah, yeah, that it, it
1: actually wasn't i hope that didn't sound serious it was
0: not that must have been jaw dropping when that when you yeah, got that number yeah it,
1: it was it was it was pretty wild and it's it's so cool man how many you know it's it's not uncommon for people to come up to me at shows and like i just got a 37 tattoo and you know hearing other people's 37 stories and we get messages all all the time i'm not kidding We will get random Facebook messages from people that we don't know have nothing to do with the band who found us because they went looking for, you know, oh, my God, I see the number 37, too. And I found you guys and you have like an album about it. Right. And so we get no messages about 36. Right. But we get messages about 37. So you're 38 right now. I'm 38.
0: What did you do for your 37th birthday?
1: Um, I was in Mexico on the beach.
0: (laughs) I knew you'd celebrated a little harder than 36. I went and
1: swam in a cave and I hung out with friends and it was one of the best days of my life. It was fantastic. And when you
0: finally turned 38, I'm not sure how many days ago that was, but uh, (laughs) uh, were you like, oh no, this is just all downhill from here?
1: Uh, I thought about just telling people that I was still 37 (laughs) and, you know, I you process that and then I realize, oh, I just, I'm glad that I had, um, I'm glad I had a really good 37th year. So 37 in the year that I was 37 punchline played more shows than we had played. in probably the last, the previous five years to- yeah. total, yeah. because I had been living in Nashville and we, we put out one record while I was there, but didn't, d- didn't play many shows. And then when I moved back, we all said, you know what? Let's let's hop in the van and let's do this like we've never done this before, and made a new record called Lion, yep. which is the the album that we're out promoting now. If you guys want to check it out, and so this kind of this chapter of Punchline that we're in right now started about two years ago when I moved back from Nashville, yep. and we said, you know, let's do this like we've never done it before, and we have a, such a good such a good group of guys right now, and I feel like. uh it's it's exciting. I feel like we're we're accomplishing a lot. I love it. Yeah. I love it.
0: Um, did you hear about the number thirty seven movie?
1: Yes. Yeah. We I, talked to. I exchanged some messages with the people making that, but I haven't seen it. No, I haven't heard about it in a while.
0: Uh, yeah, I just know because I googled today. Yeah, and it, and it popped up. I think the movie came out just like last year, maybe or something. So wow. I, I wonder if there's any. Obviously, the director or whoever wrote it or whatever, would probably have some knowledge of you guys, I'd say. I'd yeah, think, I, right?
1: I believe that I exchanged messages with somebody yeah. from the movie, but i got to fo- I got to follow up on that. There's so many people.
0: Very interesting. You also released your first single from the record on March 7th.
1: Yeah, 3-7 is three, three kind of our day. On that, purpose, that, that's, that's the punchline holiday. So every
0: day, is that uh, that's, do you do something we special try to do for the fans yeah, or release yeah. something? Every okay. year
1: we try to do something on 3-7.
0: Awesome, man. Awesome, man. Well, um... Dude, thank you for, 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 uh, for taking the time to do this. Absolutely. Uh, what else to tell the people? These people, the people listening all over the world?
2: Hmm. Uh,
1: one thing that oh, we he's do... He's looking at his cheat yeah, sheet, by yeah, the way. Yeah. One thing that we do while we're on, on tour is, that, you know, while you're on tour, you miss your pets that you have at home. And it's really fun being out on the road, but your pets are at home and you're away from them. So we ask people to send us pictures of their pets to punchlinepets at gmo.com. And at the end of every tour, we make a video out of all the pet pictures that we've received. And it's just been a really fun way to connect with people and promote the idea of if you don't have a pet, to go and adopt a pet. And so we're in Norfolk right now, and the place around here, according to Yelp, Four and a half stars. Virginia Beach Animal Care seems to be like the local adoption center okay. Okay, to, great. to go to. So we're always trying to, you know, connect with people about their pets and see all the cute pets that we can. So have- if if you have a cute pet, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Make some noise for your pets. Do you have pets yourself? I do. I have I have a cat and a dog.
0: What what are their names?
1: Their names are Pippa and Marlo, and they are they're the the, the light of my life. I love yeah. it. Yeah. We I've been have, having dreams about my dog. Where's it, oh, punchlinepets at gmail.com.
0: We got yeah. a couple pets around here. We should do some pictures before you go. Yeah, uh, that would be awesome. With, you know, with uh, Zora and I forgot the other Reggie. Reggie, of course, in full effect. Uh, fucking full effect. Yeah. Um. S- s- wait, no Reggie in the full effect fans. Oh, oh, okay, okay.
1: Uh, I got a story. I got a story about him that's pretty funny. We played, we played in Springfield, Missouri probably 10 years ago with with Reggie and load in that day you know setting up your gear go backstage and I'm sitting sitting in the the tiny green room and and James DeWees walks in and you know just kind of gives me a nod and goes over goes over into the corner he has a backpack and he kind of puts a backpack on the table and is doing something so I go back to what I'm doing and he, he leaves the room, and I, I like look over to where he was, and I see that he had set, set something up on the, on the table, and it looked like a little plaque, and I walk over to it, and he had set up, it was a, a Pizza Hut Employee of the Month plaque for to James DeWeese, and he had taken it out of his bag and set it up against the wall and lit some candles <laughs> and walked out and walked out of the room and i just thought that was i don't use this word that often but baller that was a that was a a baller move
2: Uh,
1: that's that's amazing so i think literally i know we had
0: some some fan questions uh here before one was about the pets oh nice um but does anyone have any questions um for steve yes neil um do you want to uh talk into the microphone or do you want to uh i could just rephrase it okay
1: So nice to meet you. Yeah, so you guys did like a super, super, like pretty much
0: just like, hey, can you promote this album and go listen to it? And you guys did really well. Like, what, like, was that, how, like, first of all, how good did that feel? And like, how, like, I don't know, what, like, how hard was it to just like
1: rely on people being like, hey, can you, can you go do this without like, any
0: type of like firing or anything like yeah. that? Yeah. I'm going to have a lot of trouble rephrasing that question. <laughs>
1: so I got it. I got it. So the, the, the question was asking how the – so in 2012, we released an EP called So Nice to Meet You that reached the number one yeah. rock album on iTunes, and it was a total DIY effort, no label, virtually zero dollars spent on any kind of marketing or, or, or Facebook ads. Yeah. And the, the story, the story of it was that a couple of days before the EP came out, we played a show in Long Island and we bombed. We just, we bombed. We were, we were so bad and we were not tight and we were awkward. And that will just, that stuff will stick with you. You know, if you have, if right. you have a bad show and the whole drive home, we just talked and we kind of told ourselves like we can't like feel like we're kind of like screwing around with this this opportunity that we have to 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 play music and we got ourselves all pumped up and we said let's let's release this EP this this week okay so we we, we scheduled the EP to come out a couple of days later and uh, so it was already recorded and everything. So yeah so it yeah. was already recorded and we were just kind of sitting on yeah. it but that show made us be like all right, now now's the time. Let's let's do this. So we scheduled it to come out, and uh, on the day that we released it, I I remember waking up and I had some text messages from people saying, "Is is Chris serious about what he said on on Facebook?" And I didn't know what this what this meant, so I go to Facebook just like everyone else who was texting me, and I saw that Chris, our bass player, wrote a note uh, that said if our album doesn't go, it's number one on iTunes, I'm going to quit the band. Yeah. Saying that this is... The, and so I, I read that, and I read it on Facebook just and I caught him. I'm like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> you know, people people have asked me like, oh, was that some plan you guys had? I'm like, no. I woke up and saw that he, he wrote this note and took a picture of it. So he explained it to me, and he said, look, you know, we're out here, this this DIY independent band and if people aren't if people don't listen to us and people don't engage and consume and and buy our music we how can we sustain ourselves and keep and keep going so i don't know i i don't know if it was an empty threat because it, it right it, it it got to not number <laughs> one overall itunes it did break the top 10 which was which was pretty cool but it got to number one rock charts and we thought that was that yeah that that did the job but it was re- it was really cool. Our 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 fans, they they really got behind it, and I still have people telling me like,
3: "Dude, I bought twenty five copies of it."
1: <laughs> so it was it was it was super sweet, very very cool. Twenty five digital copies is very unrewarding. Yeah, <laughs> just, just a
0: mess in your t- iTunes. That sounds <laughs> <Hot> awful. Puppy. <laughs> I'm sure people bought thirty seven. That's probably why I went to number one. Absolutely. And you kind of hinted on it earlier. Like the last time, to- the last time you guys came into today- the. You guys played the Norva, yeah and it was with Bowling for Soup. And yeah had, had to have been 12 years ago and literally Punchline is like the one band I'm like the, other than like Jawbreaker who just played yeah like who no one saw coming back but you guys were active an active band that never came and I'm like I can't believe they haven't come back yet and like on the Jim Blossoms tour you guys played like northern Virginia mm-hmm. but like never in this area so like like as far as the touring goes like um was it all just you had moved to Nashville, or was it like, okay, like let's just let's just not be a touring band and just do like Pittsburgh
1: shows? So I think after the Bowling for Soup tour, so that was late two thousand six, and so then by two thousand seven, we had been on the road basically from two thousand to two thousand seven, just playing year year round, year after year, and we were burnt out. And I remember. I remember telling Vinny from Less Than Jake, Yeah, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna like chill for a little bit with with touring and you know, it's just, just becoming too much. And he said, he, he said be careful, man. It's like if you get out get out of the circuit. He's like it's gonna be hard to get to get back in it. Hmm. And uh he was he was definitely he was definitely right. But I feel that, you know, by us kind of scaling back our touring efforts for for a minute, you know, that's when we we started a label called Modern Short Stories and we released a couple of our records yeah. ourselves. And it just allowed us to focus on these other pieces of, uh, you know, of our music and that has brought us back to back to touring. But punchline empire. yeah, the, the punchline empire. <laughs> there you go. Anyone else? Oh, we got a
0: question in the back. That's Melissa. Can you really speak up? Yeah. I, I will do my best.
1: ideal dream guest artist to feature on an album Julian Casablancas, is 100% look at that (laughs) yeah 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 I love I'm a big strokes fan and that's a band I was talking to somebody last night about how I used to be so into the the punk scene and the music that we do I listen to it so exclusively and now I realize I missed out on the Strokes while they were at their peak because I was would only listen to totally to um you know saves the day right. And it's funny ball. we had a
0: post we had a post in the group um, on the group Facebook just the other day about that about records that we've you know got it, discovered later and under the cover of darkness um what the hell is that record called the yellow cover you know what song it's my, yeah it's my favorite Strokes song yeah, it's, yeah. The best, it's the best song whatever that album is called um. I definitely slept on that for years. Yeah, and it happens with records. Yeah, especially when you're trying to be too punk.
1: Well, it's interesting, you know, with us with us releasing records, and I'm I'm curious if you guys have experienced this with Silverstein. But sometimes, you know, you'll release a record and it doesn't feel like people get it. But then five years later, you know the re- the requests start coming in at yeah. the shows, and it just takes time. It's it's really. I mean, weird I'm, how and that I'm the same way with with our own music, where you know five years down the road i'll feel totally different i'll like this album more than this other album that at the time (laughs) i thought was the other way around it's called angles
0: Angles. that's the album nice there you go i had to look it up i had to look it up uh anyone else before we let this man get back to his concert uh yes uh, brian Brian. not brian not brian brian Brian. Brian. yes go on go on sorry sorry about that so it's a question that i Come
1: up with your band name the band name i I have these memories of I just used to write punchline in in notebooks like doodle like punchline oh, that'd be a cool band name, and then <laughs> we needed a band name, and everybody kind of put in their idea and the only other idea on the table was our our uh, old drummer p j suggested three hundred yard drive, which I think was because he lived by a driving range. <laughs> There wasn't much meaning behind it, nor was there with Punchline. But you know, it was like A or B, and and, and a golf and themed band yeah. would be sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's that's how we came up with with Punchline. Hey, can I ask you one more? Oh question? yeah, I'm um, yes. Because I was talking to a bunch of people about voice memos yesterday. Do you do a lot of voice memos with coming up with with ideas yeah. and, and whatnot? You want to hear one? Yeah. So. uh I'm kind of right now, we're kind of starting the writing
0: process a little bit for the next uh, Silverstein stuff. Hey, hey, whoop, whoop. Uh, (laughs) And uh, and so my voice memos, and I might edit this later because some of these might be real weird, but I usually just do this. This is how I do it. So I don't know how well you're going to hear it. So this one's 32 seconds long. I think
1: it's just a little guitar riff, but. No, not that one. <laughs> that's 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 what all my uh, all mine sound like. <laughs> that's so funny.
0: Uh, here's a little riff. Drop D to B on the ninth fret.
1: Nice. No one ripped this off. <laughs> You've already learned that you can, and you won't get in trouble for it <laughs> so yeah, so that's the what I do. I just literally uh do you have a system for uh for labeling them no,
0: i'm that's the worst part, and now it just shows my address, yeah,
1: like i don't I
0: don't know i I really should take the time to make the 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 um title of the note what I say, yeah, at the beginning, like this is in this tuning or whatever. But uh, I don't, I don't bother. Yeah, I don't either. You I have, got one for us? I have
1: No, uh, oh, let me find one. I don't have much of a system other than if it's a really good idea, I'll label it dope. <laughs> <laughs> so if I scroll through here, I'll see hey, like. You have a system of alarms of dates on your phone for people, how many days people
2: have been live? but dope is your system. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I take, I take care of other people more than I take care of myself. Let's see what I got. Oh, Mm -hmm. how's this? Crossing my fingers.
3: One, two, three.
0: It's way better than mine. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I got, yeah, I got a bunch. I got about, I got about 10, (laughs) 20,000 voice memos. (laughs) Yeah, that's yeah. no that that's very intense. Yeah. I, I don't have that many,
0: but uh <laughs> uh but yeah, um dude, thank you. Any more before uh oh so many. Brandon Dave, yeah, what's up?
1: I feel like I got got here late to the party, <laughs> and I'm, I'm missing some context. Nice. Uh, nice. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, are you a pineapple on pizza guy? Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not even really a, a pizza guy, which oh is...
2: Yeah.
0: No, I, I, I dated a girl for, for four and a half years, and it didn't go so well at the end. She didn't like pizza. Yeah. And after we broke up, everyone's like, dude, red flag right there, man. Never wow. trust,
1: Never trust a woman that doesn't like pizza. You're saying that I have no chance of ever dating you then, huh? (laughs) I didn't say that.
0: Uh, (laughs) All right. uh, Well, anyone else before we let the man go? Okay, yes, Carissa. Nice.
1: Yeah. So the song references the song is called Friend from the Future. It's the first song off of our new album, Lion, if you yeah. want to check it out. And the song mentions San Junipero, uh, which pretty sure it's season two, episode four. And that's my favorite episode. And that show oh my god, the show's so good. It's yes. so you watch Black Mirror? Well, I
0: watched the first one where like there's a weird pig fucking. Yeah, I always tell people to and, skip the first. I always tell people I, to skip the first. I, I, I was like, I don't get it. Yeah. And then, well, I also didn't know. Maybe this is obvious, but I didn't know that like each one was different. No one told me yeah, that part. Yeah. I just thought it was like a new, you know, cool Netflix show. So I watched <laughs> that, and I was like. I don't really feel in, like, this characters are, like, this is weird, so I never watched it again. Yo, Shane, and now I know I should, but I just haven't. You're
1: like, why is everybody into this pig sex show? <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I love Black Mirror, and if uh, I can could rank all of my favorite episodes sometime at a later date. Do you, do you know them all? Like, uh, season two, episode uh, four, I love, season two? like love Sanjan Imparo's my a numbers favorite, guy. and Be Right Back which I think is the episode before it, season two, episode three, is my second favorite. That's the one where the guy dies and is replaced by AI. And that is trippy. I don't like the ones that are super scary and terrifying, like the white bear episode. I mean, it's good, but I I like the more thought-provoking technology. This could actually happen. Yeah, that w- that w- that was that w- it was cool. that was neat. Yeah. I got to the end of it. I'm like, did I do it right?
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. How different was it each time? It was. It was very. The endings were real different each yeah. time. And yeah. For a while, it was like it was like two and a half hours. Not time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was so yeah. Oh that's, that's cool. Yeah. It was yeah. Yeah. Cool. Huh, crazy. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Crazy. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to play the clips of the songs Cool. for people to uh, hear how you got ripped off. Nice. Uh, but I also always play music at the end of the show, and I'd love to play maybe your favorite Punchline song if you have one.
1: Cool. I would say Punchline, Darkest Dark. Darkest Dark? Darkest Dark. Yeah. That's, Darkest Dark. That's the song that um, Matt Teeson sings on. Perfect. Yeah, We op- we're opening with it tonight in Virginia Beach. If anybody who is hearing this in the future, wants to, <laughs> wants travel to go back, back to it the sounds past. sounds like a Black
2: Mirror episode.
1: <laughs> awesome, man. All right, thank, thank, you, thank you so much, much Steve. Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you, everyone.
0: Yeah. Hell yeah. Woo! Hell yeah. The first live show is in the books. Yeah. So there it is with Steve and 35 or 40 of my sinners. Thank you, everybody, for making this happen. Thank you to you for listening to this. Now, I'm going to play these clips. I'm going to start off with the Nickelodeon theme song for Shimmer and Shine. It's got 11 million views on YouTube, so clearly people know about this. I've never heard of it. But here's the first clip.
2: Two in photo, up in the sky.
0: Okay, there is Shimmer and Shine, the theme song.
1: On Nickelodeon.
0: Now, let's hear Punchlines, roller coaster smoke.
3: the other
0: hear the similarities, and that's incredible. I mean, that could be a coincidence. I really don't know, but hey, uh, regardless, shit like that is very, very cool. Have you checked how many days old you are right now? Head over to punchlion.com/slash days old, and you can find out how many days old you are. I'm coming up on fourteen thousand. Pretty exciting, but like Steve said, you know. I mean, it is kind of a big deal, and why not have something else to celebrate? Anyway, thanks again for listening. Make sure you're subscribed. I will be back with another brand new episode next Tuesday. And once again, big shout out to Steve from Punchline for doing this. And all my sinners, I will leave you with the track. Here it is, "Darkest Dark" by Punchline on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. I'll see you next week. Yeah.
2: Yeah. When I get caught
3: All the same Can you feel the chills Running through your arms Don't tell me There's nothing more To this now I want you to look at me Don't really look at me When it gets hard